just treated him like a miserable person, man. I call him Mr. Miserable. He's never going to be happy. That's <laughs> true. Every, I mean, everybody's giving him everything on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was a man in, in, in Oklahoma City. They loved him. He owned the entire state. Then he bolts on them and goes to the Warriors. He wins back-to-back championships, and he's still not happy. He goes to Brooklyn. They give him everything he wants, and he's still miserable. That's why I call him Mr. Miserable. (laughs) Charles Barkley. On this very radio program uh, yesterday, talking about Kevin Durant, Mr. Miserable. That uh, little nickname had legs. It got picked up pretty much everywhere all all around the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, People talking about it. I actually went to Kevin Durant's Twitter account this morning to see if the inevitable response was coming. It hasn't yet. Uh, I don't don't know if it's worth it to go down that road if you're Kevin Durant at this point. But... um, yeah, you're not going to change Charles Barkley. No. So I mean, I don't, I don't think Kevin Durant. And you're not going to change Kevin Durant. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and what what exactly did Charles Barkley say that was unfair? No, there's a lot of people that believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, what Charles said about the silver platter stuff, it's true. Um, he wasn't done there though. Charles Barkley also went in on the leadership. Ability or yeah. inability of Kevin Durant said this. Oh, you know, all the old guys, they get mad when we say it. He pick it back on the Warriors to win his first champion, two championships. <laughs> but if you go back and look at his career, as the best player and being a leader that all goes with that, he's been an abject failure. I mean, every time he's been like the guy who has to be the leader and the best player, uh, he has not had success. It's true. And that's what us old guys think about him until he becomes a leader and best player on a championship team where he has to deal with all the responsibility, all the media stuff that goes with it, expectations. So we're always going to hold that against him. I think that's one of the things that bothers people about Kevin Durant is Again, Charles is 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 stating facts like, you know, he hasn't been the the alpha dog leader on a team. Again, how much stock are you putting into that? It used to be the currency was championships. He got two of them. But he was right on the doorstep of being able to do that in Oklahoma City, Bick. And that's when and, he bailed. And unplugged, yeah. No, listen, there is something to be said for that because Kevin Durant, how many how many years has he been in the league now? He was drafted in 06 or 07. So we're talking about 16 years in the NBA, and the only championships he's won was co-tailing? I mean... Yeah, he was the best player. I mean, he won two finals MVPs. No, I, so, I understand but, that. But, but I, it wasn't his team. But, but the, and yes, and I think Charles Barkley is right because the previous generation of superstars, that was part and parcel. You were not only a superstar and one of the top 10 players, you were also a leader. There was no differentiation. Was there ever a guy like that? A, a top three, top two player in NBA history that was not the alpha on his team? Kareem Abdul Jabbar on the Lakers? Um, mm, I think he was still the alpha for that first title, even though he he, he didn't play in that game six. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think he was. That was his. I mean, I just got done. I know he, he was already. He had. The, it, it's interesting you should bring up the name because during his playing career, a lot of that miserable added to that would that oh, applied to yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar absolutely. too. But. Um, that was his team. He, yeah. he was still the captain at that point. And still, you know, with, for that first championship that Magic bailed them out against Philadelphia, he was he was the MVP that year. So 
Yeah, so that that's interesting to me, and 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 after Charles said that, I had an idea. I'm like, okay, that's that's the kind of thing. That's like calling Anthony Davis street clothes, right? <laughs> that people are going to go, ooh, let's get that cycling and circling through the mill, Mister Miserable. Now, this, the bigger picture idea is like, does that mean? That it's somebody you wouldn't have wanted on the Suns? Or would that have been the perfect scenario because it would have been just like the Warriors where he's coming in with an established team with stars already and he could have just played really well without having to be the alpha? That is a great question. And I think that was part of the attraction that Kevin Durant had for coming to Phoenix. Again, was uh, pre-existing culture. Pre-existing culture. Guys not known for drama. A head coach who can handle his players. Mm-hmm. There's a good vibe with the team, or at least there has been for, for the most part for, for two years. That's what I think made Phoenix so attractive to him. Yeah, that's. I think that's. A, I think that's anti, a big, big part of it. The anti Kyrie Irving. Uh, look, and, and as as I as I said before, we went on the air today. The thing is, is it would not be smart to talk about Kevin Durant to Phoenix in the past tense. Nothing is over when it comes to Kevin Durant. Because what they've done in Brooklyn is it's a very tenuous truce at best, and they may make it work. They may come out of the gate. Ben Simmons might find uh, rejuvenation. It it might all work, and we might look back on this and go, "Okay, you know, at the very least, thank you, Kevin Durant, for giving us two months of on-air content in the dead of summer." Truly, (laughs) truly, and and there have been a lot of. A lot of websites that have already done that, but but I think that this is something. I think the Suns are still very much very much interested in this, and I I can't say I blame them. I I sat back last night. I started looking at again in a, a deeper look at how good the West is going to be next year. This is going to be monstrously difficult. Monstrously, there are so many people who believe the Clippers are going to blow up next year. Charles, Charles Barkley's Barkley, yeah. one of them. Yep. Yeah, you've got Jamal. Murray, what the, the phone? You've got the whole thing in Denver. What what is that going to look like? They they see New Orleans. How about Memphis? Memphis, Memphis, who was sort of the sons and, of oh, last yeah, year. Yeah, Golden they, State won the championship. Yeah. So this is this is going to be nuts and 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 fun. But it's going to be more difficult than ever. And the one thing Charles Barkley said also said yesterday, then he's not wrong about this. The road is only going to get more difficult for the Phoenix Suns. They've had a couple of great opportunities to win this championship, and it's just slipped out of our hands. That's true. It is. And that's what makes it so painful. I know. (laughs) But that's what will make it so damn enjoyable when it finally happens. I'm with you, and I don't care if it's with Kevin Durant or without Kevin Durant. I like that you said when. Right. Well, Instead of if. Yeah. I mean, it might be it might be 2108, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could be dead. It's true. It's so true. We'll know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the Suns also uh, announced their preseason schedule. They're doing the Australian League thing again. I was I was brushing up on the roster of the Adelaide 36ers yesterday to see if there was any difficult names to pronounce. Oh boy. What happened, <laughs> what happened in 1936 that they uh are named that? I don't, that I don't know. We're going to find out. Sarah's on the case. We're about to find out. <laughs> Maybe there's just a bunch of old guys on the team that were all 36 years old. It's possible. They named the uh, team after it. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. 
Coming up next, we'll uh, we'll talk some Cardinals football with uh, Mike Jarecki, longtime Cardinals insider. Next, it's Big Lee Morning, mornings, ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Dan Bigley and Murata. Bigley and Murata mornings. Finally, the preseason capper tomorrow. Cardinals in Nashville take on the uh, Tennessee Titans. Then a week off, and then it's the real thing starting September 11th against Kansas City. Here to talk some Cardinals football with us. Longtime Cardinal insider Mike Jarecki joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. MJ, what's up, man? What's up, fellas? The man who knows more about the Cardinals than the Cardinals oh, themselves, remember. Mike Dragon! <laughs> remember that? <laughs> hey, uh, I got to tell you a story about Aaron Donald. So, McGinnis told me when they drafted him, it was the first, I think it was the OTA, and they had an undrafted free agent guy that undercut him. And he said Aaron Donald really literally ripped his face mask off his helmet. So he's got this trigger, and obviously, you know, an undrafted free agent doesn't know how to practice, but he said he's a mild manner off the field, but when he has this little trigger, he, he's a different man. So oh, yeah. Not surprised what he did yesterday. Oh, I remember Ripped him a face mask off the I helmet? Choking DJ Humphreys in the playoff game, Mike. Yes. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe him. Again, I said this. Face mask came off the helmet. That's, That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's unbelievable. We've talked a lot, MJ, about the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury's philosophy, and we know he wasn't playing veterans a lot in previous preseasons. We'll go back to last year. He's playing nobody this preseason. What, what do you make of this philosophy? Uh, and I know it's kind of the trend in the NFL, but I think Cliff and the Cardinals are taking it a, a, to a bit of the extreme. Well, I just think they can't afford any injuries and, and at key positions. Obviously, you know, you got three guys that are over 32 on the offensive line. You know, we'll see if J.J. Watt can play 17 games. I mean, at this point, you know, I look at if a guy can play 15 games, that's probably a good thing. So um, last year, yes, they only played uh, 11 snaps in the Chiefs game, but they went three and out, three and out, and three and out. I think Christian Kirk had a drop. They had a penalty. So um, I just think that, you know, they have a lot of older guys on the roster, and this is an opportunity for these young guys to make you know some strides. And, you know, I was told yesterday between uh, Dorch and Andy Isabella, they probably been the most improved players over the last two years in camp. So it's going to be interesting because they'll probably keep six. But I just think it's a situation where, you know, last year when I even in the third year in the system, I didn't think they would start off seven and zero, but ten and two. But you know, Kyler was just humming. You could see the, the, the progress in the offense, and then obviously going out and getting some veteran guys. So. We'll see, but they're not going to start off 7-0 and this year. Yeah, no, that's not happening. All right, MJ is a guy who's been covering this football team for way back in the dark ages, like just like I have. What what do you make of the defense? Because it seems like they're sitting on a big pile of money. What's going on with, with the lack of resources being allocated to this defense? Are they waiting? Are the reinforcements coming later? What do your instincts tell you about that? I think it's twofold. Um, I think they're obviously going to try to make a trade for a corner, and maybe if the guy's not going to make your 53, you may have to throw a player in there. But then I also think they want to extend Jalen Thompson, Byron Murphy, and Zach Allen. So, And you also want to leave $3 million at least for IR guys. Now, clearly the IR, I think it's four weeks this year. So, And usually teams will carry at least 
maybe a couple million over. So um, at some point, I think they want to extend those guys before they become free agents. But Adamitran Sue's out there, and you know, there's talk about Cleveland and the and the Raiders. But um, you know, I like some of the young guys, but Sue doesn't miss games, and I don't think it's a money thing. So. Curious to see if they would kick the tires. I, I know like the Cardinals would have interest now. Does he have interest in coming here? Yeah, I like him because he 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 brings some nasty. You talk about Aaron Donald being mean. <laughs> well, Sue's mean yeah, and dirty and dirty. Teams. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a, and, and, and obviously they moved on in Tampa, so that that, that door is not longer open. So um, I think you know the Cardinals going to have to look at the D line because the way I look at it is, you know, Vance had three months last year, just like any other coordinator to prepare for the Titans. And they went there and they played really well. Now, I think they're catching the Chiefs at a good time. You know, they're going to use the fullback. Obviously, they got weapons. But, you know, they're going to miss Tyron Matthew. He was kind of the heart and soul of that defense. They bring in Eric Reed. So, Vance has had to scheme things up this year. And, and I just think, you know, when you get to a point, we talk about nickel defense, you're going to have to play a lot of dime defense. I mean, so you're going to see a lot of different formations and they may only have two guys with their hand in the dirt and they're going to have nine guys running around. So he's going to have to scheme it up the first couple of weeks of the season. Mike Jarecki, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. You, you mentioned three players that the Cardinals would plan on or would like to extend. Marcus Golden, not among them. Marcus Golden hasn't participated in a while with what they're calling a toe injury, but he's also been outspoken about wanting to be taken care of. What, what do you make of the Marcus Golden situation right now, Mike? Well, I mean, he's to me, uh, you know, I think Buddha's, uh, you know, I would say the leader of the defense, but I think Marcus Golden's kind of the glue of the defense. I think in the perfect scenario, he could be on that list too. I mean, he's making four million. He sees all these guys making more money, and obviously, you know, he likes to be here. So I think in the in the right situation now, he had more sacks than Chandler last year. I think he, he's worth more than four million in the, in the open market. So I think they'll do the right thing. And you know, I know the CBA is eight years away, but I got to think when we get to the CBA years from now. They are not going to allow these guys to hold in. You either hold out or you don't show up. I think you're right about that. I, I this is not. I, I'm not sure that this is a policy that works for teams at all. All right. Um, when, when you take a look at at the NFC West, wh- where do you see? D- do you see this thing kind of being wide open for the Cardinals? Because I, I'll tell you what. I watched Trey Lance last night, and I'm not sure that kid's ready. I mean, on paper. Now the Rams. Obviously, they have a good team, but they don't have a lot of depth. I mean, they've lost a couple of linemen, but Sean McVay, and obviously if Stafford's healthy, I think everyone's playing for second place. And for some reason, the Niners and Cardinals have played tough. Uh, you know, Kyle Shannon does a good job, you know, with promotion and, and, you know, getting guys in different spots. You go back to the first time they won against Isaiah Simmons, they targeted him. So, and we'll just have to see, wait and see with the Seahawks, but. Yeah, I think everyone's playing for second place. And, and, and again, uh, the reason why you know the Cardinals could be a 9-10 win team is because look at the quarterbacks they're facing this year. I mean, it's murderers row. And that last year, you go back a couple of years ago when they played the NFC East, who they beat? Dwayne Haskins, the rest of soul. They beat Andy Dalton, Daniel Jones. I mean, it was... Yeah. And they, Taylor Hurts almost beat them. So this year... 
I just think they're facing a lot of really good quarterbacks that are franchise quarterbacks, and that's going to take a toll on that defense. Talking with Mike Jarecki here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, the, the rest of the NFC, I think it's interesting, and I agree with, with your assessment of the West. I think everybody's playing for second place if the Rams can stay relatively healthy, but there's a lot of question marks in the NFC. I mean, Green Bay lost a lot. Devontae Adams not there anymore. They still have Aaron Rodgers, yes. Uh, the teams in the East, is Dallas or Philadelphia ready to ascend? What about Minnesota? I mean, the teams in the in, in the South, Tampa Bay's got questions. They've had losses on the offensive line. I mean, it's. I, I don't think this is a very top-heavy NFC, do you? No. I mean, not compared to the AFC and the young quarterbacks there. Yeah. So I, I, on paper, I think the Cardinals are one of the top six teams now. Their offense is going to have to carry them until they figure out defensively. But, you know, it's anything else. Nunes told me a long time ago, you, you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse real quick. So it's a week-to-week proposition. You know, we didn't think the Cardinals were going to Detroit and get beat like that. They didn't show up that day. And then, I, you know, and I think Hard Knocks is, is going to put the cameras on and hopefully this team doesn't, you know, full like they have over the last couple of years. You know, lose a couple of games early. Obviously, get yourself in playoff position, but you got to win home games. That was a problem last year. You got to win division games and conference games because those come down the tiebreakers at the end of the year. That's a great point. That the home game thing is something they really oh, do have to get. Remember better how at. frustrating that oh, got by the goodness. end of last year. Oh my goodness, MJ. Great stuff, man. Good to talk to you. Be well. We'll do it again soon. Love you, brother. Be well. Hey, hey, real quick. I listen to you guys, and I cringe sometimes when Vic talks about these stories because I don't know how far he's going to go. <laughs> hey, MJ, you and I got a lot of history. Some secrets are going to go to the grave with us, brother. Guess what? Hey, my brother. But MJ. Colangelo, we went out there, and yeah, I was seeing Mr. Andrew, and he knew Jimmy and he didn't. He was straight with that. And we also did a show from the Cubby Bar, I think it was when the Bears played the Cardinals. That was David Johnson's kickoff return. And we did the show there Thursday and Friday. The place got robbed, Nate. Mm-hmm. Went, yeah, we walk in there and there's cops there. I'm like, what is going on? It was <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, real quick, I'll tell the story for those who don't know. MJ and I were broadcasting live from the Cubby Bear, and we signed off. We left the bar. They didn't know us from Adam. The place got robbed that night. Somebody came in and tied up the night manager, right? We rolled back yeah. in the next day, and they're looking at us like, okay, who are you guys and what are you really about? Because ever since you rolled in here, things have gone wonky for us. Man. All right, MJ, let's get together and reminisce, bro. And then in New Orleans, Dan has his friend sleep sleep in our room, and I I couldn't sleep the whole night. (laughs) (laughs) See you, MJ. We got a real brother. See you, Mike. Mike Jarecki joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. I said, directly, don't don't cringe when he starts the, with the stories. <laughs> My we, man Bickley's we, filter game is strong. Very good. But he and I do have a lot of stuff. The, We've seen a lot of stuff. The Rush Hour reboot is next with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. 
Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Murata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Every single day at 7.30, we take you through the biggest stories of the day in Arizona sports, sports as a whole. We've got it all here on the Rush Hour Reboot. I am Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. Vince Murata. I've been going to this school for seven and a half years. I'm no dummy. Totally random. I got, <laughs> I, I'm running out of stuff. That's okay. I'm running out. No pressure, Vince. That's all right. And Jarrett Carlin. It looks delicious from up here. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? <laughs> it looks delicious from up here. It looks delicious from up here. He was, was, in, a, he was time, in a Vegas Sarah. hotel looking down at the pool for context, Sarah. Oh, okay. Charles was in rare Dems form that day. This yeah. was at, at the very end of his interview with us. And he's like, all right, I got to go, guys. I got to get down to that pool. I'm on the balcony right now. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it looks delicious from up here. Yeah, full side Ro- chicken fingers, I bet. He was with Roy Green. Yes, he was. If I remember. Yeah. I, that is correct. Some cocktails, maybe? Yeah. Some potato skins? Some I imagine that's what he's talking about. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right, let's get into the Arizona Cardinals. They wrap up their preseason slate tomorrow in Nashville. That's going to be a 4 o'clock start Arizona time against Tennessee at Nissan Stadium. And as with every Cardinals game, we will have it here on 98.7 FM. Arizona Sports Station. The head coach Cliff Kingsbury spoke with reporters yesterday in Nashville talking about their last few days in, what is it, the Music City? Yeah, yes. the Music City. Mm-hmm. It's been good. I think I uh, wanted to be some team building stuff and, and uh, get some great work and I thought yesterday going against Tennessee was really good work for us and then um, you know today we had some good mental mental reps and we'll do the same tomorrow and um, it's been a good, good break in the kind of monotony of camp. He also shared which position groups he is going to keep an eye on during the game tomorrow? Uh, you know, all of them, really. I mean, there's there's that the back end of, of all those rooms is still still open. Um, I want to see, like I said, how guys have improved each week and how they've continued to pick up our system. All right, we have spent a lot of time talking about the running back room and just how full it is right now, how you guys would stack up the depth chart. Uh, of these three guys, who most needs to have a big game or a good day tomorrow to make the 53 man roster. Is it Jonathan Ward? Is it Daryl Williams, who earlier this week reportedly was named as a um, surprise cut or trade, potentially by a pro football focus writer? Or Keontae Ingram, who of those three was drafted this year? Yes, needs to have needs to have a big day to be safe. Well, also, our very own Tyler Drake did his roster projection mm-hmm. and didn't right. have Daryl Williams on it. He had four running backs yeah. keeping Ingram and Ward. Um, I don't know if I'm there yet with Daryl yeah he's I mean he's a proven good player in this league um, which you can't say about the other guys to, with any degree of, of, of confidence on any of the three even though they've all looked good at different times mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Keontae Ingram Yeah, I guess. I I, I think I, I'm not sure if that decision hasn't already been made, though. I it, I think if they were going to cut Daryl Williams as a veteran, they would have done yes, it by now to try that's to, a, to yeah to, to try yeah, to give him a chance to hook on. That would else. that would be sort of the cool thing to do to give him time and options to link on somewhere else. They did it for okay. Kiki Kingsley. Yeah. Okay. Keontae Ingram's the answer. Keontae Ingram is the pick. Okay. Vinny's on his game today. Don't argue with Vinny today. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny, Joe, Joe, Jared, argue. Shut up, Jared. <laughs> All right, and then. Look 
looking at Andy Isabella, and you mentioned Tyler Drake's uh, 53-man roster projection, which is on ArizonaSports.com right now. He has four of the receivers, six of them, Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, A.J. Green, Antoine Wesley, Greg Dortch, and... What a Dortch! Andy Isabella. Wow. Do you think Andy Isabella makes the 53-man at least to start out because DeAndre Hopkins is not present? Yeah, I I do. And and I think um, he, he might even deserve it. <laughs> I, I think, I, go ahead. I think it's it has to do with Antoine Wesley's physical, um, physical state. Uh, yeah. If he's ready to go, I could see them trying to swing a deal for Andy Isabella sometime after Tuesday. I think he's played well enough, and he has world-class speed. That's attractive to somebody. You might be able to get a sixth-round pick for him or something mm-hmm. like that. The Raiders used to always love picking the fastest guys. But we don't really, yeah, get, they did. We don't really get much update in terms of Antoine Wesley's condition, nope. do we? I don't I mean they don't so. want to. They know we know they don't want to share any information on that. But <laughs> right. All right, let's go elsewhere in the NFC West. The 49ers played the Houston Texans last night. They lost 17 nothing. Oof, to the Texans. Again, Trey Lance started for San Francisco. He was 7 of 11 for 49 yards in three this scoreless drives. Virgo smart. Do you mind? ESPN.com <laughs> all the time. Isn't it the worst? The because worst. It, it pops up at a random yep. time. It'll be it'll be muted for minutes. And then I'm, oh. I did not click on I'm you. I'm with you. I feel you, Get Sarah. out. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's try this again. Uh, ESPN's Jeff Saturday said the 49ers need to be patient in Trey Lance, who, as I was saying, did not have a great night. Spent a lot of time scrambling, and he was sacked once. Uh, he, said, he said that Trey Lance is going to grow into the starting quarterback that they expect him to be, but 49ers fans just need to be patient. To Trey Lance in totality, 49ers fans are going to have to expect these type of games. This guy has not played a lot of football, again, even in college, pros, 389 passes. He'll throw more than that this season, right? So there's going to be some ups and downs. This has to be expected from him. Again, I'm glad he said what he said. It was not a particularly good night. It wasn't a horrible night. He wouldn't turn the ball over. Again, I'm with Sam. He needs to protect the football. Okay, I know you guys both watched parts of that game. Based on what you saw from Trey Lance, are the 49ers a threat in the division this year? Yeah, I, they're, a, they're a threat because their roster's that good, and I think their defense is going to be crazy good. Um, but this Trey Lance piece, it's not going to be – he should be further along for a guy that's been given the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have pro, they've already said this is Trey Lance's team. Right. That's premature compared to the quarterback I saw last night. And it wasn't so much just the lack of productivity, and there was certainly a lack of productivity. Tripping his running back on the first handoff of the night, again, that is a quarterback who is just not mentally ready for this. That running back's got to get out of the damn way. <laughs> <laughs> I run. Right. I agree with most of what you said, but... <laughs> they have not actually totally proclaimed that he's the guy because the guy that was there is still there. And after the game last night, John Lynch said, quote, First of all, we owe Jimmy so much. He's been a tremendous leader, a tremendous player for us. And he went on and on and on. So maybe it was an olive branch, just do, in case. Do you or, think we could see a Jimmy G start? I don't know. Uh, oh, no. If that was my football team, I'd be a, I'd be very worried. Real nervous. But, Okay. Do we have time for one more question, Jarrett Carlin? Sure. Yes. Let's talk some Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> that was a bad impression. We don't know what I was oh, so We give you some soup. <laughs> <laughs> Zip, zop, zoop. No, 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 no. 
Okay, let's talk about the Arizona Coyotes, or at least a former Arizona Coyote, Phil Kessel. He was introduced uh, yesterday in Las Vegas as the newest member of the Vegas Golden Knights. He was asked about his three years with the Coyotes, and he was pretty honest. Or he seemed pretty frustrated by the direction of the franchise. He said, quote, they said we were going to win and try to win and compete. Obviously, that is not what happened. It's going to be nice playing on a team that wants to win. He continued, Arizona had great guys. The players are all great kids, a lot of great people there. But when you don't want to necessarily win and contend, it becomes difficult as a player. Your reaction to those comments? Um, the stance, or the, the direction changed after Phil Kessel got to town. When Phil Kessel got here, there was veterans around. You know, they had uh, you know pretty decent bubble playoff run. I mean, they got yeah. to that second round before they got uh, annihilated by Colorado. Yeah. But after that, the, the stance changed, and it's pretty clear what they're what they're doing. So I understand the frustration. Do the Golden Knights know about Phil Kessel's poker addiction? That's all I want to know. <laughs> Maybe that's why they brought him in. Less on gas money. I, Right. I, yeah. I don't... I mean, the stories are legendary, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's up all night in yeah. casinos. Yeah. Is he the guy that Damashek always talks yes. about? Yeah. Calls them the wiener man? Yeah. Wait, he's a Yankees fan? Get it? The, the hot dog? Oh, right. Come on. How soon we forget? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that took me a second. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I'll never forget. Thank you, Sarah. Rush <laughs> Hour Reboot every morning at 7.30. The big stories of the day. Coming up next, what to watch for in tomorrow's preseason game against the Titans, including what's going on on the offensive line. That and more next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hectic and exciting, for sure. Uh, I think today... I finally realized, like, not realized, but like, I was like, hey, man, I got, I got stuff, I got to get moved, like, it all happened so fast, it was like, Monday, I got the news on trading, and then Tuesday, I'm on the flight, and then I'm on the, the same day, I'm on another flight to Tennessee, it was all moving so fast, I hadn't had a ch- chance to sit down, but now I finally get to realize, like, yo, all right, it's done, it's a done deal, let's, let's get moving. It's Cody Ford and Nashville, the newest member of the Arizona Cardinals offensive line after the trade that went down earlier this week, fifth round pick going to Buffalo. Buffalo for the former second round pick. He's going to play. He was kind of dropped into drills and and that joint workout bick with the uh, with the Titans with the first team. Um, change of scenery can't be a bad thing for Cody Ford at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a team in the Bills that gave up a second round pick uh, going into his fourth year for a fifth round pick. It uh, didn't work out there. Uh, they were able to recoup something, but maybe, just maybe, getting together with Kyler Murray can rekindle something uh, because they, they like a lot of the things that Cody Ford does. You, you always hear the word nasty. He's got a thick base. <laughs> He's a mauler and a brawler. <laughs> the, uh, Your wolf is getting pretty good, Dan. Is it getting better? Yeah, it is. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just riffing off the master here, Vinny. <laughs> um, well, look, here's what I think because I because I'm hearing Wolf talk about him, and it, and hearing Wolf talk about him, he's incredibly optimistic about this guy, and yet I look at these analytic grades, and I'm like, whoa! And I wasn't aware they were that bad until you brought him up. I I thought that this guy was was a competent, good player. Buffalo didn't want him anymore. 
and Buffalo's a good football team. So hopefully what you're saying is right. Hopefully change of scenery, reunion with Kyler Murray, and Sean Coogler, who by all accounts is a uh, very good offensive line coach, that will bring out more from Cody Ford. And if that's the case, then then this might work out to be a good deal for the Cardinals. I, I, I still wonder why it's necessary, but whatever. I think that... I, I think that Cody Ford has got a chance because of what you just said. The the fresh start, the coming to a place with a quarterback that already knows you. Uh, I'm hoping for the best. Yep. Um, he was asked yesterday, Cody Ford, too, is Kyler the same guy he was in college? We was, uh, like, at practice yesterday, like, we had a situation, not a situation, but, like, he's such a competitor. Like, he, he just gets into that mode where, like, he starts, he wants everything, like, he's a perfectionist, and he wants everything done the right way, and he was, like, uh, trying to correct something, I was like, man, this feels like we're back in Norman. Like it's crazy. He ain't getting on me. Nah, uh, I'm sure he will soon. <laughs> so in a way, yeah, he's kind of the same guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also talked about uh, the offensive line room with Arizona as a whole. The room is great. Uh, we got some vets in the room, like uh, like Hump, and and then obviously you got guys like Pew and and Ronnie. They're like ultimate vets, like ultimate pros, like. Those like those are the guys that have, like honestly been helping me the most like with the transition like understanding the playbook understanding like how things work around here and it's only day two. Yeah, I'm really hoping this works out for the Cardinals and for Cody Ford. He can be a valuable piece uh, because they they did crave some depth on that line and you know they need it right now. They got some guys banged up on that line, especially at the guard position. So um, I don't necessarily look forward to watching or or focusing on guard play <laughs> on an offensive line. That's just not how I. I roll when I watch football, but I, I'm curious to I see what the results are. People always tell you, it's experienced football people always say, keep your eyes on the offensive line for the first second and a half of the play. I can't do it. No. I can't do it. No. You want to see? Like, hey, Where's the ball? <laughs> right? Is, is the quarterback like, going to get killed? What's going to happen? Right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, uh, again, it, it's to me, it's it's fascinating because offensive lines, they're, they're sort of like basketball teams. You never know what what chemistry is going to pop in a really, really good way. But the great offensive lines always have it. And it's the great offensive lines, they're all each other's best friend. They're the closest unit on a team, generally speaking. Um, and it's so much depends on them. Yep. Another member of that line, Calvin Beecham, he spoke yesterday, too, Love about that guy. the difficulty in, uh, if it is difficult to uh, integrate somebody like Cody Ford into the line on the fly. You know, I think it's pushing people out of their comfort zones. I think getting DJ to actually communicate in this particular manner, I think is helping his growth as well. Um, and I think being able to have you know um, both of them working together um, in such a short amount of time with the, the immense pressure, um, you know, not only to do it in a joint practice like they had to do, uh, but to come out you know today and start walking through some of those things and put themselves in a, in a position just to communicate uh, in a very efficient way. And you know, he's still learning the system; he's literally learning it on the fly. Um, and you got two guys that are doing a really good job, and Rodney and, and Carlo and, and Hump doing a really good job of just prepping them on everything. Thing. He needs to know all of the, you know, all the nuances um, that we have within our protection, within the run game, and just how we do things as offensive. So line. we'll see Ford in some sample tomorrow. Um, we won't see any of the other regulars on the offensive line. 
to me, when we get to week one and we're on the Friday show going into the Chiefs game, that's going to be, I'll, I'll just preview it right now. That's going to be very high on my list of concerns because just like you, Bic, mm-hmm. when that line is healthy and together, mm-hmm. I like the way it looks. Yep. Yes, there's some older guys on the line. I get it. It doesn't mean they can't play. But um, the fact that those guys really haven't had any reps together at all this preseason, it's going to be a little bit of a concern until it's not. And and just to see see what 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 Rodney Hudson is all about. You know what I mean? Because if if he really did contemplate retirement that strongly and that deeply, you never quite know what you're going to get from guys like that. I'm not questioning Rodney Hudson. I have great respect for him and what he's accomplished. But oh, yeah. those are the facts. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with you. Uh, congrats to Alan Brunston from Phoenix. He was our second winner for the brand new Phoenix Suns nice. Nike Classic Edition jersey, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 92-93 team. Just don't tell Charles Barkley; he won't believe you. Uh, you have <laughs> that one was more. Funny, wasn't it? You have one more. Thirty day. years? <laughs> no way! Uh, you have one more day for your chance to win a jersey. Just text the word "jersey" to six twenty six twenty for your chance to win. That's jersey to six twenty six twenty. Coming up next. We're halfway through on this Friday. I lost where we were. Yeah. But now I found Uh-oh. it. It's the Bickley Blast, and it's straight ahead. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.